Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. I'm Laura Hoover, and today we have Cam Dales on. Cam, welcome to Business Black Belts. I hope you're enjoying today. Uh, let's start things off pretty quickly. Take us through a little bit about who you are, where you are, what's going on, a little bit of your journey. Great. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me on. Um... Yeah, so I'm, I'm Cam Dales. I am the Chief Commercial Officer at Advanced Battery Company, Anovix. And a little bit about me personally. So uh, I've been married for almost 30 years to a um, lovely woman and life partner uh, that I met back in college days, actually. And we, we've uh, been going through our personal professional journey together. Um, just dropped off my second and last um, kid at college last week. And so we are now officially not empty nesters, but free birds. <laughs> I understand that's the positive way of thinking about it. Um, I, uh, I'm currently at, uh, like I said, Inovix uh, um, is an advanced battery company. I'm responsible for our, um, essentially the business aspects of the company, sales, marketing, partnerships, um, investors, fundraising, um, and strategy. So uh, my journey started uh, from the engineering side. Um, I was trained as a uh, as an aerospace engineer. Actually, um, spent my uh, first four or five years working at uh, Lockheed Space Systems. Um, had the fantastic opportunity to work on um, some really cool programs, including the uh, Hubble Space Telescope servicing mission. Um, uh, as well as the first commercial imaging satellites that were uh, that were ever built and, and put together. So this is essentially, um, you know, spy, spy satellite technology that was made commercial and sort of the, you know, the modern day equivalent of um, what you see in Google Maps and some of the, uh, the things you see on the news with respect to some of the news you're seeing in Ukraine, et cetera. So started off there. Um, my mom likes to say that, uh, you know, she... Her son is a rocket scientist, but uh, moved on from that into the startup world out here in Silicon Valley. Um, spent uh, a little over 10 years um, at a company called Simix Technologies, which was in material science and automation of um, research into materials. Um, learned a tremendous amount there, both on the technical side, working with some of the best scientific minds in the world, but also really... Um, that was the start of my journey towards the business aspects and business side of, of, a, of a career. Um, that company was um, very blessed with incredibly talented uh, business folks and executive salespeople. Um, and I moved from the engineering side um, more towards uh, a customer focused role, um, working with customers, helping them to solve their problems, and then ultimately into a general management role. Um, which is really kind of the the most fun I think that you can have in the business side. Um, it's, it encompasses everything from the technical aspects, the manufacturing aspects in our cases, to sales and customers and partners, and you know really putting it all together in order to ultimately make a successful endeavor. And then I uh, about let's see, it's it's almost 12, 13 years ago, um, uh, kind of wrapped up that that role and. Um, 
took the plunge into the battery world, um, working for Inovix. I was one of the, probably the first 10 employees there and um, got to get my hands dirty back again in the lab as an engineer for, for a, a little while, but ultimately um, my role grew into, you know, essentially a business role, helped develop our strategy for scaling. Um, uh, the partnerships that we develop, our customer relationships, and then over the last couple of years, our journey uh, to becoming a public company. We took the company public via SPAC last year, um, which is a whole new adventure. And um, you know, at this stage now, we're just at the point of commercialization. We've shipped our first commercial advanced batteries, the first, really to our knowledge, the first real breakthrough in battery technology. Um, that the you know that the world has really seen since Sony introduced the lithium-ion battery back in 1991, and so it's an incredibly exciting time to be part of the energy storage space. Lots happening in the news with uh, with some of the you know kind of the policy um, uh, initiatives coming out of Washington. I think the world is is really waking up to how important um, batteries and the ability to store energy and take it with you uh, is to really most of the technical or technology. Uh, you know, products and things that are happening in our lives are, are dependent on. And so um, it's an exciting time to be in the battery space. And, and here we are. So I'm going to go back all the way to your beginning of the journey mm. um, as an aerospace engineer, because I have secondhand knowledge of the craft as my brother and his wife are both aerospace engineers oh yeah um so i i, I watched them go through that journey mm-hmm. um how how did you break away from that interesting question yeah so <laughs> i mean i i got it i think throughout the career arc you know i've i've always been you know inspired and mission driven um, by what it is we're applying our skills to, you know, whether it's engineering skills or business skills, the application of what we're doing and the mission has always been extremely important. And, you know, from my perspective, I originally got into aerospace because I was fascinated with flight and with kind of the space industry growing up. And so it was kind of a dream to work in that space. And interestingly, um, while it was a great place to learn how to be a, an engineer, highly rigorous environment, in the end, it, it, at that time, it was really not a great place to make a career, in my, in my view. And I, I had some fantastic transformative experiences early on, on the technical side. But, you know, at that time, it was kind of the early to mid 90s. The, you know, the Cold War had been, had been winding down, which was, of course, a great thing. Um, we were trying to make commercial space um, a viable business model, which I think it was probably a little bit too early for that to really happen. And, you know, I, uh, I had some great experiences working on programs like, you know, there was a, a program called Iridium from uh, Motorola, which was, you know, essentially global satellite phone service, which yeah. is really exciting. Um, the, the commercial space imaging uh, mission that I worked on was was very inspiring to me, um, and it was really the epitome of you know um, uh, you know uh, 
basically the transformation of defense type technology into something that's a positive in the world. And I really believed at the time and still do that um, increasing transparency in the world and shining a light on what's happening all over the globe is, is the key to um, making the world a better place. And if you look at kind of all of the, the work that's going on, for instance, in Ukraine, um, where these commercial systems and these public systems uh, of, uh, uh, you know, imaging of what's happening and just, you know, the ability for news organizations and people to understand what's really going on. I think it's a, it's a huge positive. But that said, it was probably a little bit too early in the, you know, in the development of, of the space industry for that to really take off. And of course, I was, you know, 20 something engineer um, out here in the Bay Area in California, looking at, you know, crazy home prices, working for a defense contractor, essentially. And it was just pretty clear that, um, you know, to meet kind of our family's sort of goals of home ownership and all that good stuff. Um, you know, if you're going to live in the heart of Silicon Valley, you kind of need to plug into what's happening in the technology world and the, and the startup world. And, and so um, I actually took the opportunity to follow my first boss to a little startup company called Simix Technologies, which was um, a, a company that, uh, that, you know, was whose mission was to discover new materials using essentially automated production lines to automate the creation of materials and then screening them hundreds, thousands, even hundreds of thousands at a time. Um, and so we kind of took the plunge and uh, myself and another colleague um, decided to join that company. We were the first engineers into the company, uh, you know, of a company full of chemists, basically, which is a you know completely different breed than an engineer in terms of how you think, but it was an incredible uh, experience for me, both um, exciting on a technical side of things, uh, really love the interaction of science and engineering, which is really kind of where many of my, my experiences have, have ultimately taken me is, is, is that combination of the theoretical scientific aspect and the practical engineering aspect. Um, but also it was the first taste of, you know, entrepreneurial um, excitement and um, just loved the startup game. I think it's the best game in town, just in, incredibly energizing in, in terms of um, what you're doing with, you know, so much of your time in, in your work world and allows you to develop just incredibly deep relationships with your colleagues, but also with uh, your external partners. And it's amazing the, the access that, you know, an important startup company, which might have, you know, less than a hundred people working at it, you know, the, the relationships you're driving with your potential customers are at the highest level. And, you know, often at the sea level of, you know, fortune 25 companies, and you as a little startup company are getting access to those people where, you know, that company of 150,000 people, most of the people who work there don't have that same same level of access. So it was just a really exciting time. And, um, you know, I was uh, sad to leave kind of the arrow, uh, you know, aspect of what I was doing, but from a practical career perspective, it was just very exciting to get into these different areas. And, you know, over time, I think, we're starting to see that entrepreneurial energy happening in the aerospace business now. I mean, it's just amazing renaissance of, of commercial companies. Maybe, uh, you know, 
made safe for uh, for investor dollars by Elon and and what he what he and his team have been able to do at SpaceX is a, a amazing, really business model innovation uh, as much as anything. Um, and now we're starting to see many little companies popping up in in that space aspect. So, who knows? One day we have plenty of time to uh, watch the industry grow. That's for sure. Yeah. So taking a little bit of a look at um, the beginning of that startup and something that, that you mentioned was like you suddenly have access or you potentially have access as, you know, a young upcoming company to an entirely different world, right? In, in business coming from engineering into a very corporate world and very high level corporate world. And you have to build those relationships and you have to cultivate them. How did you, how, how did you, and how do you still do that? Because I feel like that's also, also I feel almost two different kind of mindsets um, or two different courts to play ball in. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think there's two aspects to that question. One, one is how, you know, how did I, as a, as an engineer, develop, um, you know, the opportunities and the skills in kind of the the more business and and strategic business development side of things. And then there's the second question, which is, um, you know, how does a startup, which is by its nature small and disadvantaged. <laughs> financially and structurally um, make its way uh, and, and ultimately succeed with, you know, with much larger partners. And so, so yeah. the first question really came, you know, for me anyway, um, you know, I was always interested in the impact my work was having, you know, on the world and on customers, right? So that was, that was part of um, what I was interested in doing as an engineer. And so I naturally gravitated towards, um, the customer aspect of things. And I was just very lucky to have um, some tremendous mentors um, at that at the company who were unbelievably successful in um, in the work that they were able to do from a you know from a business development perspective and incredibly generous with their time and expertise and um, you know kind of brought me into that world first as a you know essentially an applications expert, you know, leveraging my technical skills and applying them to working with customers. And I think that's a, it's a great way for um, technical people who are interested in in more of a customer facing role is to move towards that, you know, essentially learning new skills on the customer side while leveraging their technical expertise. And that, so that's how I got started. Um, but you know, ultimately, got more and more involved with deals that were being put together, um, thinking about how to align strategically our capabilities with the needs of the customers, doing you know technical discovery, and thinking about strategy on a more corporate level. And so, I ended up getting involved with new um, business opportunities that were happening within my company, and you know, we started a whole new kind of business within. Uh, within the company. And, and ultimately, that's how I grew into more of a general management um, kind of viewpoint. So that that's kind of the personal journey there. Um, I, I do find it incredibly interesting, the ability of startup companies to just massively punch above their weight. And, 
you know, I think it comes down to ultimately that you wouldn't be starting a company. You wouldn't have been able to attract um, capital to go build that business if you didn't have something that was really transformative from, from a product perspective. And, you know, at Simix, it was this new way of discovering materials, which allowed us to um, work with some of the most innovative companies in the materials world, you know, from ExxonMobil and Dow Chemical to um, pharmaceutical companies like, like Merck and Pfizer, who were, you know, struggling with the materials aspects of creating a drug and taking it to, to market. And, and so, you know, it ultimately comes down to aligning the vision of your product or your capabilities as a startup company with a visionary um, at that, you know, at, at your partner company. Um, and, you know, the startups, while they have incredible disadvantages structurally, their massive advantage is a huge amount of focus on a very specific high value um, technology or product, which is very difficult to replicate within a larger corporation. And so you might be 100 people, but if you're 100 people dedicated to that one specific mission, that typically is 10, 20 times more resources than even the largest companies are putting onto a specific you know, aspect of, of what, what they're doing. And so that gives you a real force multiplier. And something that I've noticed, um, not only in startups, but in just smaller business sizes in general, the focus is going back more to more to relationships, not so much the transactional part of business, while it still is there and it still is present, but a focus back on relationships and partnering with other businesses. Mm-hmm. How... Mm-hmm. How, how have you seen that? And then also a secondary question to that is, how do you continue to build those relationships now that you've, you know, you had your feet on the ground? Yeah, no, I think, I think it's very, very true. And, you know, I, I, I guess I would, um, maybe I can relate a story that, uh, you know, that, that has been more, um, more recent. So in, in the current business in Ovix, um, you know, look, we, we're trying to do something that is incredibly difficult. Uh, it turns out battery technology and energy storage, it's, you know, it's one of the great unsolved problems in the world, technical problems. I mean, of course, we, yeah. we have batteries. You have a nice battery in your phone. But, but ultimately, it, um, I think we're at the beginning of our ability to really capture and store energy. It's one of the fundamental um, physical problems in the world and will be forever probably. Um, and it turns out, and I didn't really appreciate this when I took the plunge into a little battery startup. I mean, how, how hard could it be? It's just a battery, right? But it turns out it's probably one of the most complicated and difficult engineering and scientific challenges that, that really exists in the world. I mean, it's, it's, um, similar in complexity to a biological system because you essentially have this little, um, chemical plant in, in your battery that is, you know, got to operate uh, over, you know, many, many years, and you're essentially transforming chemicals back and forth to, to produce energy. So it turns out it's a really quite a difficult challenge. And, you know, through that journey, um, you know, of 13 years and, uh, you know, and then ultimately taking the company public and, and being now a commercial, a commercial company, you know, we, we face some, some, you know, pivotal times where the company could have died. And, 
you know, to your point about relationships, um, there were, you know, multiple occasions where we had developed partnerships with, you know, large, um, you know, very, uh, very financially um, successful technology companies. And for them, it was, you know, very strategic uh, initiative to, to try to have a better battery, higher energy density to enable their products. You know, we're, we're focused in the, you know, in the first parts of the company, primarily on the consumer electronics business. And if you think about what is needed, um, you know, to, to, to create the next generation of mobile computing products, whatever that might be, you know, started off with laptop PCs and then the, the computer in your pocket, which is your phone and then smartwatches. And, you know, what's the next platform going to be for computing? For sure, it's going to be smaller, more integrated into your life, um, more, you know, more ubiquitous and less cumbersome than staring at your screen all day, right? So the, these things are, um, are only really enabled with the ability to shrink the form factor down and to, to generate the power that's needed to do, you know, amazing amounts of, of computing to, to create those seamless, seamless um, experiences, right? And so that's the strategic need but what it ultimately comes down to then is, you know, your your partner uh, in the other company is making a bet on you, and you know, oftentimes these folks are are taking significant career risks, putting you know substantial capital from their company at risk. They're choosing your company, and and really, it is personal. It's very personal, and they're making decisions based on a, a whole bunch of unknowns in terms of the technology and how it's going to play out. And, you know, it's years ahead of, of when the product will ultimately be realized. And from my perspective, I think the only way to make that happen is to create really transparent, open, um, you know, trusting relationships, engineer to engineer between the companies. And, you know, you move down this path and you, um, you made in our case, you know, we delivered really terrible batteries to you know these companies years ago, but they were really amazing in that they they showed the proof of concept of our particular way of of solving the problems, and we told them how bad they were and why they weren't up to their spec and you know et cetera et cetera. And then we came back again and again as it improved and brought them along on that journey. And in the end, they're you know their their decision maker is making a bet on you personally that you have what it takes as a company and as a team and as an individual leader to ultimately make the, the endeavor successful. And there were times when, you know, our company needed our partners to step up and do certain things on a financial perspective, because, you know, look, a startup company is, is, is um, by definition, not profitable, not making money, needs investment, et cetera. And, you know, for us in particular, there were times when battery companies were literally uninvestable with respect to um, the public markets or or the private investment. You know, it was just out of fashion. Um, you know, for for the venture community to invest in difficult technical problems like this, and we had a couple of our partners just literally step it up and put it on the line and. Um, you know, put some investments into the company uh, that really, without which we probably wouldn't have made it, to be honest, right? And 
it's personal because the individuals on the other side made things happen in a time frame that are just not normal and not usual. And they, they did it out of, you know, personal loyalty, probably more than anything else. And that does not go on, you know, unremembered at our company. I mean, we know, I know my team knows exactly who those people are and who those partners were who uh, stepped up when the chips were down. And let me tell you when, uh, when they need something, when the going gets tough, when you get tempted by the latest, you know, the latest dollar that comes in the door, um, those personal relationships matter a lot. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I think that's how we, we ultimately become successful together. So with all of these aspects coming together, um, it creates a wonderful environment. Um, at, at least that has been my experience. Um, just building relationships, being able to work together in a, t- in, a, in a team, striving for one goal and being able to be successful at that one goal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to take a step back. So I'm going to toss a soft curveball at your way. How do you take a step back? How do you relax, get your head out of work, on your free time, or is it just another part of the day where it just kind of flows and it's like, okay, work's kind of over now, but I'll go back to it again later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I think there's two philosophies to this. You know, one philosophy is there's a, you know, you try to balance work and, you know, your personal life separately, or you try to integrate the two. And, you know, I, I think it both can work. And it really depends on the personality, um, you know, how to handle it. From my perspective, I actually much prefer the integrated side of things. And, you know, somebody once told me, particularly in the, you know, if you're in sales or if you're in business development, I mean, it, it, there's a huge amount of energy that you need to bring forth to the job. Um, you know, it, it's uh, emotional energy. It's... Um, the communications between people, all that kind of stuff. You're on, you're in the spotlight, you're, you know, you're performing. And so um, I, you know, the, the, the point was manage your energy, not your time. And I really take that to, to heart. I think um, in my job in particular, you know, it's most important to, to make sure that you have the energy to be on when you need to be on. And when things are, you know, hyper busy and um, intense, you know, you're in that flow and you, you can work amazingly long hours and it doesn't feel like work and you don't feel tired. But then, you know, you get, you get past that and you need to recover, you know, emotionally and from an energy perspective. And so for me, I, I kind of take that to heart. I also um, like the interconnectedness of work and life. And if you try to manage your energy, then then hopefully you don't let your you know your job just completely take over every aspect of your life. And you know I, I I've certainly tried to to maintain that balance, but it's really um, kind of interleaving different slices of work and and personal things. And so I've tried to carve out time you know to coach my kids you know little league and 
support my spouse, who's also an executive, and have a you know have um, family time and um, downtime, you know. And it doesn't always happen in a linear way. So, you know, you may be working, you may be on the road working 24 hours a day for a week, and then you come home, and then you know you need to take care of some stuff in the office, but then you also need to take care of some stuff at home. And it, it I think it, it helps to have um, let go of the guilt of taking care of yourself and and some of your personal things during quote unquote work hours, if you're also willing to then do work things, um, you know, which would typically be home hours. So I, I try to balance it in a um, holistic way, as opposed to in a, a rigid, you know, disconnect from work. And now it's, you know, now it's going to be every, every day at, you know, six o'clock it's, it's, it's um, family time. It's not really that way for me. That's fair. That is very, very well put. Um, yeah, having almost like an ebb and flow. Like, yep. I like that. I like yep. that. Well, thank you so much for being on and here on the Business Black Belts. If anyone would like to connect with you, talk more about batteries, aerospace, um, more about you questions concerns is linkedin the best way would an yep. email be the best way yep no i think uh linkedin's probably the best way you know i'm happy to connect with folks who uh, who want to take the conversation further awesome well cam dales here on business black belts i'm laura hoover and i hope everyone out there has a fantastic rest of their day thanks again for listening to today's episode of business black belts Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.